Welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Brown, and your eyes do not deceive you. This week, we are talking some pro wrestling. It is the Ryan's Wrestling Recap is back, baby. Let's do it. I cannot believe it. I have been waiting for this moment for... God knows how long. And joining me on this return are none other than Dan Sadik and Nick Brown. Fellas, how are we doing? I cannot believe that uh, I forgot about Ryan's wrestling recap. Um, what a legendary segment in all of national radio. Uh, so <laughs> glad that it's back in the spotlight. Uh, I, I am now, I was doing okay before. Now I'm having literally the best night of my life. Yeah, Ryan, what's up, man? It's uh, good to be back on uh, the Fixing to Talk Sports pod, and even better to be talking a little wrestling. Oh, yeah. So today we are going to be recapping last Sunday's Royal Rumble pay-per-view. And towards the end, we'll give our quick hits on all the different promotions, WWE, AEW, even a little New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. But let's start it off with the Royal Rumble and what a pay-per-view it was. Edge and Bianca Belair are your Royal Rumble men's and women's winners. Edge won the men's match entering at number one. He went the distance lasting 58 minutes and 28 seconds to win his second Rumble ever. 11 years to the day of him winning his first He did so by eliminating Randy Orton in a frantic finish that we'll go more into detail uh, in the coming moments. Uh, Some surprises that went on in the match. We had the return of Carlito at eight. You had NXT's Damian Priest uh, check in at 14. The legend himself, Kane, making his record 20th Royal Rumble appearance. And then you had (laughs) Hurricane Helms come in at 23 and edge's best friend christian made his return at 24 his first sanctioned match in wwe in seven years and you also had the messiah seth rollins make a little bit of a surprise return uh he came in at 29 uh i'll get into the final four in a little bit but first i want to get your guys' initial thoughts on the men's royal rumble nick i will start with you yeah, um, coming into the Royal Rumble, really having no clue what the hell is going on in this company because I gave up on it during 14 months ago because the product was just garbage. Uh, I was very impressed with not only just the Rumble, but everything else in general. Um, as far as a grade, uh, I gave this, I gave the men's Royal Rumble, I gave it an A-. minus. Um, I thought there was really nothing in this Rumble that was necessarily bad. You know, every Royal Rumble in the past, you usually get your, your spots – um, usually get um, one of Kofi or now Ricochet saving themselves uh, on the outside, keeping their two feet off the floor. Um, and I think I think this Rumble match had the perfect combination of NXT. I don't want to call them call-ups because it's not really call-ups, but NXT surprises, nostalgia. And you mentioned Carlito. That dude looks better now than he did ever. <laughs> Fendi. That yeah, he, he does. He is ripped. 
I mean, he, he, I don't know if he still wrestles. I honestly, I I meant to look into that, and I just never got around to it. But, he does. Uh, wonderful, because he should. Um, and I'm I'm surprised he's not wrestling anywhere like important, unless he is, and I just have no idea. I mean, he's, I don't think he's an impact. Uh, definitely not in WWE or AEW. I I I I can't believe he's not back for the, how he looks. Uh, I mean, he's definitely got the charisma to do it. So I I was very happy to see him. Um. You also mentioned Damian Priest. I actually wrote him down to something I actually really enjoyed. Uh, he was awesome in this match. Uh, he they, they gave him a pretty good push in this match as well. Let him uh, kind of get the spotlight, get some eliminations as well. Uh, he's got a big future in this company. I think he uh, I think he's got a, a great character, um, and I think he has an incredible physical talent. And I'm just praying to God that WWE like transitions at least a little bit. And I think they have over recent years, but I'm hoping they just continue to slowly increasingly do it more where they kind of lean towards like in ring physical talent versus just, you know, uh, people like I'm, I'm trying to think, but like people who are more gimmick and in Mike oriented and the old farts that they just seem to not be able to let go ever. (laughs) We'll get into that. Yeah. I I, I was just going to say, we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, I really liked everything this match. Kristen and Edge hugging in the ring was fantastic. Um, uh, really hits you in the feels. And I love how they, they, they like tricked you. Um, uh, they tricked you from what happened in the beginning with Orton and getting you to think that, Oh, here we go. This is what's going to happen at the end. And then it didn't happen. So I thought that was fantastic. I thought the ending was really good. Um, the only thing I really hated in this match, and it's not really, uh, uh, too much of a fault of like um of like the match itself mm-hmm. um was bad bunny i absolutely hated he almost slipped off the top rope he uh, he saved he, himself but he slipped you beat me bit. to it yeah he he literally i when i saw him slip at first i'm like oh my god he's gonna face plant like literally straight into the ground like carmela did uh, earlier on in the show and uh, the match with sasha but um but man, but his whole thing, listen, I, I mean, no disrespect. He, they kept t- calling him like uh, the multi-platinum recording or Grammy nominated artist or whatever. And like, that's great. Um, I don't know if WWE's main target audience is Spanish p- speaking fans. I don't know what their Spanish speaking audience is, but I couldn't understand a word that Bad Bunny was saying. And I, I, I honestly, it just felt like um, uh, like a diversity propaganda like i i, I don't <laughs> nick come on now dude i mean what do you, all i'm saying is like the majority of, of fans and kids kids mind you that watch this company are, they have no idea what the guy's saying at least like some closed captions my spanish is nothing like it used to be in high school okay i needed help and i was frustrated also booker t with the most impressive performance on the night probably just standing in one spot one pose not moving at all or changing his facial expression for the entire performance that was the most impressive thing not bad bunny dancing around him for two and a half three minutes wrapping things that i could not understand all right let me let me let me cut you off there one the fact that you're getting all worked up about bad bunny performing at the royal rumble is is just exact it's it's more or less low-key kind of what 
WWE might be going for. Not obviously they've got the target audience, like you said, but clearly it's worked you up. So you're invested in it. Okay. Okay. Do you two? Are, are you hold on, two, hold on? Hold on. No. 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 Hold on. Are you about to tell me that they purposely booked Bad Bunny to get people who don't know Spanish like me to talk about it? No, but that's what you're clearly saying. You're triggered that they booked a well, Spanish-speaking okay. pl- artist. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I get called a racist on this pod, I have to clarify. I hate, I cannot tell you how much I hate when they do any of these musical performances because they're all dog and they're all like three, four, five minutes and then they move on. Like when they had Kid Rock do the tribute to the troops, that was probably the best one they ever did. And all right. Maybe it was I'm Nickelback. Gonna, um, let's... You're going off on a mega tangent here. Let's let's try and reel it in. So I'm yeah. going to address the first thing that you said uh, that I wanted to bring up. You talked about the NXT talent that showed up. I'm pretty sure, by my count, there was only one, and that was Damian Priest, and he was the only NXT male superstar that was in this Rumble. So you're wrong in that regard. Uh, Dan, uh, How are you doing? You you had to take that all in, listen to that diatribe from Nick. Please give us your thoughts on the Men's Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't know how I follow all that up. Um, (laughs) Bit of a tough act to follow there, if you ask me. Uh, No, I mean, I I did agree with uh, certain points uh, that Nick was, uh, you know, honing in on, not the Bad Bunny stuff. I didn't have any real issue with that. Like, look, the WWE always pulls stuff, whether it is, you know, stuff that gets really liked or if it's stuff that just riles up the audience, like it clearly riled up Nick, but they always, you know, are pulling stuff like that out of their, out of their pocket. Um, It may not always be on the grandest stages, but the Royal rumble is like the perfect spot to kind of pull something uh, like that. Right. Um, So I didn't really take issue with that. Second biggest, second biggest pay-per-view for them. Second biggest event of the year. Easily. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, yeah, maybe you are trying to, you know, attract some other part of the audience that may not be there in terms of people who listen to Bad Bunny and then just see it on social media. People are talking about, I saw him trending last night on Twitter. And for someone that's a fan of Bad Bunny, oh, you say, oh, he's in the Royal Rumble. Oh, I, I might check that out or they might become more engaged. I don't know. It's a, maybe it's a grasping at straws there for that. But, you know, they do that type of stuff. Um, I feel like fairly consistently so but what i really liked is a lot of the stuff that nick liked um it was nice uh seeing the likes of christian obviously coming back i did not expect that um and it was cool that he was able to help out edge a little bit um getting one elimination and then obviously he immediately got eliminated right after but i did like that i liked the story you know of edge going first and then orton gets injured and you know the whole arc there and you know they take that story back from wrestlemania i like that they kind of brought it out again in the rumble um so that edge can kind of you know in the rumble you know get his road to wrestlemania via the story from last year's mania i like that kind of full circle arc um so i just think it sets the stage for that and i also would say i'd give it an a minus for a grade um overall i do like seeing guys like the hurricane come back where it's like yeah like he's not gonna come back and like stick around for a while but the second straight year for hurricane what what are we doing here you're telling me there's no one else that we can find for an old old nostalgic 
just pop? There might uh, be. Well, look what they did to Kane, bro. They brought one of the best Royal Rumble performers ever, and he was in for two minutes and got dished out. I forget by who, but like. Hey, but he eliminated like two people. I'm pretty sure. So I, he padded I mean, his. He's padded his record stats. Yeah. Also, definitely not tiring himself out either. Also, another accolade for Edge. He, you know, he becomes the third wrestler ever to enter as the number one entrant and win the whole thing. So that's pretty cool for him as well. Ryan, you mentioned the. 11 years to the day that he had last won it. And I like the story of, you know, he's going to go win the championship uh, that he never lost, that he had to vacate due to that injury back, uh, you know, some nine years ago or whatever it was. And um, I like that. And I like that, you know, this could be sort of a way to send Edge off, you know, into the sunset. I don't know how much longer he wants to wrestle, but it's a nice, if this is it for him, He's going to get to do it, and he's going to get to do it in front of a live audience, too, and not be gypped of it in the Thunderdome like last year. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that. But, you know, they had to get really creative last year's WrestleMania because, you know, no fans, all of that, and they still were able to, you know, put on a good card there. So I think that this is going to do Edge, you know, kind of justice. Is there, uh, is there any word on whether fans are being admitted to WrestleMania this year in Tampa? They, I believe they said they yeah. plan on it, Ryan. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there are, given the fact that Tampa Bay hosted fans for the Buccaneers games. Uh, I would presume that WWE would have the green light to allow fans into Raymond James uh, Stadium for WrestleMania. The question then becomes how many? How many? And does WWE even want fans in the building? Because with the Thunderdome, that allows WWE to control the crowd reactions. I use air quotes there for the crowd reactions because they're obviously pumped in and fake in the Thunderdome. But that allows WWE to, to make it very obvious who the good guys are that we should be rooting for and who the bad guys are that we should be booing. And when you've got live crowds, you blur the crowd gets the ability to blur those lines and it makes, and for the, the average viewer that maybe doesn't watch as much as in a diehard, it may, might confuse them, especially on a night such as the raw after mania. Um, but for me, the, the men's Royal rumble, I would give it a B plus. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. What I did think was great was the, finish the ending of it uh the final four appeared to be braun Strowman, seth rollins edge and christian but that quickly boiled down to rollins and edge after Strowman and christian got simultaneously eliminated at the same time rollins went to curb stomp edge he missed edge ended up dumping him over the ropes he thinks he wins he turns around and he gets an RKO out of nowhere from Randy Orton, who had been, and I use air quotes again, injured earlier on in the match and taken to the back for an apparent knee injury. Uh, so Orton tries to pull the sneaky uh, backdoor win. He tries to toss Edge over and Edge reverses at the last second and tosses Orton over to win the match. I thought it was a it was a great finish. They hook line and sinker, you know, like you you guys had mentioned before that when you saw Orton go out and there was no reference of him, 
for the remainder of the match. You started to, you had that sense of, oh, he's going to come back and he's going to throw out the last person standing and he's going to win. And he's going to tie Stone Cold's record of three Rumble victories. And he's the one that's going to go to, to Mania after his, his 2020, the year that he had. But that was not to be. It was Edge's night and it was Edge's moment. I thought it was a good Rumble, great finish. The surprises and moments didn't quite feel the same without the crowd, but still good for what it was. And for what it's worth, Edge was not even the odds-on favorite to win the match. Daniel Bryan was the favorite going in at plus 110. Edge was the, the second favorite at 250. Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar, they were the th- third and fourth favorites. They weren't even in the match. Why so, was Keith Lee not even in the match? Like, what happened to him? That is a good question. And though that that they definitely need to address that on TV uh, going forward because he had been in the WWE championship picture uh in recent weeks and months so for him to not even be in the rumble suggests something is up uh but let's pivot over to the women's royal rumble match where bianca belair of smackdown entered number three and outlasted 29 other women to punch her ticket to wrestlemania she lasted 56 minutes 52 seconds that's the women's new women's record. Uh, the match featured several NXT superstars and legends. No shocker there, given the depth of the talent pool on Raw and SmackDown isn't quite there at this time. Uh, you had also had Naomi returning at number two, which was a pleasant surprise. Nice to see her back in the swing of things. Uh, in this match, the final four came down to Natalia who had the number 30 spot, which was given away the night before uh, the Rumble, which was kind of disheartening. You don't like to see that. Uh, and as well as Charlotte, Rhea Ripley of NXT, and the aforementioned Belair. You had Natalia tossed out. So it le- left us with the three women who feuded over the NXT Women's Championship last year's road to WrestleMania, which I thought was a great moment to sort of, like Dan said earlier during the men's rumble, to count about Edge and Orton, to bring that feud full circle. You had them feuding over the title, and now they're feuding to go back to Mania. The EST, Bianca Belair, she would then take out Charlotte with the help of Rhea Ripley. Charlotte had this crazy grin when she got eliminated, like, Ah, uh, you you two had to t- team up to get me just because I was the champion last year. You you assholes. All right, I see you. And and so that left us with Ripley and Belair, and they went at it. It was a great finish there as well, which saw Belair and ultimately toss Ripley out to win her first Rumble match. Uh, so Dan, I'll start with you. Thoughts? Yeah. So I like the finish a lot. I think that was the most notable thing. Um, for me, just because it was good to see two younger talents uh, and more like up and coming and Rhea, Rhea Ripley and uh, Bianca Belair. And then having obviously the queen, Charlotte Flair there. And then, yeah, like they tag team to, you know, t- take her down. But that also it's like, you know, she's also kind of putting them over in that sense. And that's something that Ric Flair did his, his whole career. And I like to see when Charlotte, you know, 
sort of falls on the sword, so to speak. And you see other talent, you know, get pushed better because of that. And I like that it was, uh, it came down to Rhea and Bianca rather than Charlotte and Bianca or Charlotte and Rhea. And I just preferred that finish. And I'm glad that that's what they ended up going with. And in general too, like Bianca sold it well too, at the end, you know, her reaction to winning was just very genuine, very, she popped the way you would want someone to pop in that moment. Uh, you know, despite not having, you know, the normal atmosphere um, and having that Thunderdome. And again, yeah, like, it's good to see, you know, again, we see Tori Wilson, I feel like every year now, which is, you know, like you mentioned about the hurricane and it's like, you know what, like every now and then I wish when we like brought some, somebody back, I know they did it on the men's side with edge, you know, when he came back, but like on the women's side too, like, I'd like to see more of like, you know, maybe not like a Mickey James type, maybe that's not cause she's still kind of like a roundish, but she doesn't wrestle maybe more of like a, I don't know, but like somebody to come back and then not just be there for the rumble, be there for, you know, more, you know, more of a surprise that hits home for that division more so than just the trodden out Trish Stratus and Tori Wilson, you know, every year to give a the nostalgic feel for some fans. And I know like they might be too old to do it now and maybe not in uh, wrestling shape, ring shape to compete every other week or every week, but mm-hmm. there's gotta be somebody out there in that, uh, in that world, you know, to come back and actually have an impact. That's the only thing I, that I felt like was missing. I'd give this one an A minus as well because of the finish. Nick. Uh, yeah, this one was a B plus for me. Um, I mean, again, I think it was one of those things where nothing, I, I, I couldn't find anything that I really disliked. I loved the decision for Bianca to go over. Um, I thought either one of Bianca or Rhea was a great decision. Um, and, and Bianca is a true star. I think, um, I think if fans were there, I think she would have gotten a crazy pop for winning. Cause I think a lot of fans probably, would agree that they wanted her to win or even Rhea. So I think either one would have been a fantastic decision. Um, I actually, I really, one of my favorite parts of this match was with Bianca. It was Bianca and Naomi and they were like under the ring and they were both like their heads were almost hitting the ground and they were holding themselves up by like pivoting their feet on the other side of the ropes and they both were like looking at each other, like fighting at each other. And they're like, all right, all right, all right we'll do this at the same time. And um, and then there was another moment later in the match where like it, it felt like in the later part of the match that Naomi just kept trying over and over and over to get Bianca out. And at one point where Bianca snuck back and she just screamed at Naomi, she was like, stop already. And I actually laughed out loud. I thought it was really funny. I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but um also, I I, uh, I felt bad for Billy Kay. Um, they just have I, they've made a mockery of her. I actually thought like the Iconics were so good together, and they've you know they split them up. I understand. I guess you know all tag teams in WWE get split up. Even the New Day gets split up, and yet they're still doing segments together on pay per views. Um, but I I you know they turned Billy Kay into kind of like a comedy act. But I I, I guess I got to tell you, she's she's really good at it. And when she was handing out the uh, the eight by tens or whatever they were, like at the at the ramp, trying to wait for somebody to get it for uh, to team up with her, and Jillian Hall comes in, who I only remember. I don't know if she did anything else other than this, but I only remember her from singing with Santino backstage. Um, 
It made me really want to see Santino enter the men's rumble. <laughs> you mean Santino entering the women's? Oh rumble? yes, yes, yes. I for- I only forgot about that, but you know that, that was a fantastic, <laughs> that was a fantastic women's Royal Rumble moment. Um, and the last thing uh, I got is uh, the whole twenty four seven title. Well, not even what happened at the end, but um, but with our uh, truth and Alicia Fox, uh, I thought that was really funny. Uh, I mean, that's right up like Alicia Fox's alley as far as like the kind of work that she's done in the company. So I thought that was a, a, a really funny segment. Plus anything our truth is just, it's just like, it's just, I don't, I don't even know what else to say. Like our truth. It's comedy golf. It's comedy yeah, golf. Our yeah. uh, truth's segments are the best. Like every show he shows up and uh, he just puts a smile on my face. So shout out to our truth, Ron Killing, stay in the industry and, give him everybody some laughs so yeah uh, b plus for this match I, I i enjoyed it very much so it's funny you bring up the 24 7 title because that would not be the last time that it changed hands uh and i think dan would like to speak towards this um peter rosenberg uh dur- on the kickoff panel during the pay-per-view towards the end rolled up our truth was after a low blow and had the worst pin for a championship victory I've ever seen in my life. It was the most awkward and disturbing thing to watch. Uh, Dan, please go off. It's just, and like, this is one of those things where, you know, I get it. It's a gimmicky title. It's going to go to gimmicky people. It's gone to Gronk. You know, it's, it's, I understand that. I, I fully get that. But you're telling me if you're going to give it to anybody in like that little wrestling media world, whatever, what have you, um, anybody that's even slightly came, uh, come close to dipping their toe in any of that uh, content or action. I was more mad of like that. It went to Peter Rosenberg and not another person in that world of media, like a Pat McAfee, who's actually made an appearance in the NXT. And I don't know, like it just, it's going to that dude. First of all, I hate that guy. That guy (laughs) sucks. Peter Rosenberg, he looks like, he looks like just a little thumb with a beard and he's a terrible takes. Huh? He's a rat. And he's a rat. And he's on that. He's also on that uh, other, other like radio show. He, uh, he does. I forget what it's called, but. He does like hip hop. Uh, yeah, it's like some, a, it's some uh, hip hop like uh, morning radio York, show. Yeah, it's a huh? New York radio show. He does like, yeah. I forget who he does it with, but it probably sucks. And he used to be with ESPN, and that's when I first had come across him years ago. And I was like, this guy's a dink. He sucks. And to me, he's like the wrestling version of like Doug Gottlieb without the nerd. Not quite as nerdy, but he's the wrestling version of Doug Gottlieb. He's a little, ugh. So for him to even get any of that action, any of that, whatever 24 seven title um, action. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's annoying. And I didn't see anybody online be, be like, Oh yeah, let's go. Like Rosenberg got the No. All I saw was people complaining about it. Cause it's like, Oh, fuck that guy. I wish Charlie Caruso won it. Yeah. Anyone else on that panel, JBL, Sonia, anyone, Charlie. Yeah. Literally <laughs> anyone, anyone. Um, but luckily, Dan, you don't have to worry. 
uh, R-Truth already got his baby back. He went on the Michael K show and rolled up that thumb rat looking yeah. Rosenberg for the title to get his baby back for the 8 millionth time. He, I don't even know what the number is now. It's, 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 it's honestly in the eighties probably at this point. They, they should have made Rosenberg vacate it. He shouldn't have even had the glory of getting rolled up. No, he should have had to vacate that shit. Oh no. They should have just hit him over the head with the steel chair. <laughs> an, un, an ungimmicked steel chair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, like a high tier grade steel. <laughs> but um, back to the rumble. Yes. So the women's rumble, I would give it a B. I thought it was very similar in nature to the men's rumble. Uh, I, I I thought for Billy Kay, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not I'm not buying in on her kind of comedy act, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I would much rather her have stayed with the Iconics, like you said, Nick. And that's I think that was a huge mistake to to do that. Yes, you're showing that she has a comedic side to her, but I think you already kind of knew that with her work with the Iconics beforehand. So I feel like this is just wasted time uh, that you could be spent keeping a tag team together in the women's division that has very few teams on Raw and SmackDown to begin with that aren't just singles competitors thrown together like Charlotte and Asuka and Nia and Shayna. You're, you're constantly getting singles competitors thrown together into these teams just so that you can have women's tag team champions. So that's another, that's a, that's a event for another day, but I would give it a B. Um, I thought it was pretty similar to the men's match. It had the great finish at the end. I, I didn't think it was there from start to finish as just as well as the men's, but it, it was pretty close. Uh, so I'd, I'd give it a B. Um, now, my overall grade for the pay-per-view itself, and we can get into the, ch- the three championship matches that were on the card as well as the two rumbles, um, but my overall grade for the pay-per-view was a B. Uh, n- n- Dan, yeah. what, what was yours? I, I'm just going to stick with the, the A-, minus. you know, both rumbles, uh, A- minus on my end, and then, you know, the rest of the matches, like, you know, I'd say it, the most annoying one um, for me was just the Goldberg and uh, McIntyre match. Like, I just get annoyed with these squash matches that that it's like we're going to sit here and pretend like Goldberg can still do this. Yeah. And it's it just it, – it pisses me off. That's the only thing. Yeah. Hey, if you don't I'm, like when I go on rants, you're going to hate to when we actually talk about that match. Yeah, I'm sick. I'm so done with Goldberg. The first – the first time or two that he had the the sub five minute victories were kind of cool in the moment, but now that it's it's just every Goldberg match is three to five minutes. They weren't because Brock Lesnar was already Goldberg in Goldberg. Like the it's Brock Lesnar was already doing five minute matches, so it wasn't anything new. It's it's I'm just I'm out I'm out on these three can we, to can five we talk, minutes. Can we just like can we talk about it now? Can we like yes. talk about it now? Okay, yes. okay. Please go ahead, go off, King. Okay, so my my grade for first my grade for the whole pay per view, if I just do some quick math here, is probably around like a B plus um, or B. Okay. I, I'm just I'm trying to do math because I gave all the other matches pretty decent grades, but then I gave that WWE title match a fat F. Um, <laughs> listen, I I I like I said earlier, I haven't watched this product for like months, but when I when I saw that the WWE title match was Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg. 
and that it was going on first, I was like, this is going to be, a, I mean, this is literally going to be a sub five minute match. And I just took out my phone and I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do a stopwatch. And I should have started it from when Drew headbutted him before the bell, but I started it from, I, I, I timed it bell to bell two and a half minutes. This is your biggest title. Okay. And you mentioned the Royal Rumble, the second biggest pay-per-view they put on all year. Your top title, I understand it's not really what everybody is there to see. The Rumble matches are what you are there to see. But still, your biggest title match, you give this old fuck, Goldberg. You even give him two and a half minutes of fame. And you know what? I saw a clip on YouTube today. It was from Monday Night Raw last night. And it was Drew McIntyre cutting a promo. uh, And he's talking about the match. And he's like, Goldberg and I went to war last night. Okay. We, we, we put each other through hell. We destroyed each other in the ring. Uh, and you know, Hey, I, Hey, I earned, he earned my respect. Okay. Thank you. I'm sitting there. I'm like, earned your respect two and a half minutes. How did, how do you get like respect from the guy in two and a half? You guys didn't destroy each other. You guys, button mashed Y in like some God mode version of SmackDown versus Raw 2010 and just hit your finishers over and over. I think the entire match, the entire match from bell to bell. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was Claymore, Spear, Spear, uh, Jackhammer, Jackhammer, uh, and then Claymore. That was it. That was it. And you obviously threw in the kickouts. And then before the bell, it was just, Headbutt, uh, throw out high headbutt, spear, Irish whip, and then another uh, that you had the spear at the end. But like, why? Why? And this is okay. This is gonna be a little bit of a hot take, but like that's why I was so conflicted about Edge. I love the story and the, the like, the feel good sense of it. The story is fantastic, but as far as his ability to like wrestle in the ring, I worry so much about just the the match quality. Like, I understand what he did with Orton in uh, that WrestleMania match was, was awesome. And it was gimmicked. I think it was a no-holds-barred match. But remember that match that Edge had with Randy Orton? It was a match he tore his tricep in. The, yeah, the greatest, greatest wrestling, wrestling match ever or whatever. Back at Backlash in June. That was terrible. That, like, I hated that. You hated that match? Yes. Oh, that it was, was, that, that it was, was a finisher fest again. They just went and what? did every finisher. Oh, oh, I think you're remembering the, the wrong match here. That was a that was a thirty five minute ish match, and that was actually one of the best matches yeah, WWE actually, had on the year, in mm, my opinion. I don't know, man. Maybe we're thinking of two different matches, or maybe you just didn't like it, which we have, which is just opinionated, and that's perfectly fine. I, I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I can I, I can go back and watch it, I suppose, another time report. But nonetheless, um, I I like I said, I love the story. I'm worried about what the match is going to look like. I'm trying to be hopeful. And I swear to God, he better win the title. If he doesn't win the title, then, then I will just be furious regardless. Well, um, so let's, let's, let's break that down that a little bit. So one goal. I know Goldberg has like two matches left on his contract. I hope that they're like Saudi shows that nobody gives a flying fuck about. I forgot that he actually had his contract was match related and that they have yes. to fill it. Yeah, so he's still got like two, maybe three more on the books, which is just gross to think about. Uh, Now, in terms of your concerns about Edge 
in terms of his ability to go the distance in a main event match at WrestleMania. I mean, he showed it that he can go last year's WrestleMania, and he showed that he could do it again at Backlash. The problem is he can't stay healthy at this point in his career. So that is the thing. Uh, if he can, if they just use him sparingly, and I mean like, basically he has no matches between now and Mania, and it's just promos and and just segments where maybe he takes a bump here or a bump there. Like, he should be perfectly fine to put together a quality match at WrestleMania. The problem is it depends for whether or not he wins is going to depend on what, who he, they have him face. If he faces Drew McIntyre for the WWE championship, he absolutely will go over Drew McIntyre. In my opinion, I think he has to, in that opinion, just like you said, if he goes up against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, that's for me, that's a 50, 50, that that's the match that I want to see. Cause that's spear versus spear. Oh, yeah. That's the future slash present. The pre- we'll call it the present because Roman Reigns is absolutely the guy right now. Roman Reigns, the present versus the past. And you've got a world title at stake at WrestleMania. We know Edge can go. We know Reigns can go. But Reigns is on such a roll right now. He is doing, in my opinion, the greatest work of his career, bar none. Oh, and it's not even close. And so for me, I'm not – they might let Roman run with the title for a year plus. I wouldn't shock me whatsoever. And a year plus would take you into August past SummerSlam. So could Edge dethrone Roman Reigns be the guy to knock knock off the head of the table? Absolutely. But in that matchup, that's a toss-up for me. And for and if it if a match is a toss-up, that is that is a great match to watch because in a scripted world to know that you don't know what's going on that's that's the best yeah for sure yeah i just i don't know i don't think they should have him face roman i think they should have him face drew and i mean he already confronted drew it'll be interesting to see if he confronts roman on smackdown i'd like to think they probably well, would well he, he oh he's going to be on smackdown he's already been advertised but he's also going to show up on nxt we're recording this on a Tuesday night. He is showing up on NXT tomorrow night. So that adds another bit of a wrinkle. Maybe he gets he gets a little frisky with Finn Balor, the current NXT champion, and he decides to face Finn Balor for the NXT championship at WrestleMania. Mm. That would make absolutely <clears throat> sense. And yeah, no. I'm not I don't have no idea where you go with the story there, but you don't. <laughs> it's at least a possibility, especially seeing how the NXT women's champion uh, was challenged by the women's Royal Rumble winner last year. Um, so I, I, let's talk about the universal championship match at the Royal Rumble. It was a last man standing match between the universal heavyweight champion, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, the challenger. This is easily the best match of the night including rumbles in my opinion uh i would give it an a the only reason i don't give it an a plus all the stars is because they fucked up the end and i know (laughs) that it it, it can be tough you can't game plan for that but if you're gonna do a spot with handcuffs for the love of god 
have either the right keys or the correct positioning so that you can uncuff the dude in proper timing, proper fashion. How do you get to the point? How do you get to the point where you have to literally tell the ref to just stop the count for no reason? How do you just not have Roman do go into that squat that he went into towards the end? I just you can't you can't bend the rules. I, I thought that was funny because I, I I noticed at first when um when he was handcuffed, I was like, wait, he can totally like do a squat right now. He can totally exactly. But they weren't doing. I was like, okay, this is they're just gonna have him not do it. Kind of like when Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa had their um their last man standing. It looked like Gargano could have just like lazily stood up and then fought back over but fine but it's fine i'm not upset about that at all um but so i was like okay this is the angle they're going for and then they couldn't get the cuffs off i'm like oh this is spicy this is gonna be good how are they gonna do this and they ca- they're counting both owens and reigns and then at six they just stop and i'm <laughs> they like just stop the count completely i'm like wait Kevin owens is up and yeah. reigns is still on his knees handcuffed right and they're like, not wait. counting anymore i was like wait why why, why? Why they stop the count? <laughs> you know, oh, I mean? no. So, <laughs> oh, I love it. Controversy is best. Um, so I, I thought it was actually great. Um, and I, I agree with everything. Um, I, this is this was an A plus match. This is one of the best matches I've seen uh, from this company in uh, quite a long time. I would say, and not only just because I haven't watched in a while, but like I think even back when I was watching more periodically. Um, that this match was just perfect i mean you like in this match were almost actually seriously realistically convinced that they hated each other the way kevin owens was yelling and screaming back and i mean he was cussing everywhere they i don't even think they really bleeped out much like you could you it's pay-per-view hear. buddy I mean, well text yeah but they usually have been better with it but I, I guess they decided to not censor kevin owens at all i mean he was throwing everything uh you know, everything at Roman Reigns in that entire match. And I was like, damn. Um, and just the sheer brutality. I loved how they were back. Like, like the forklift spot. That was so funny. I loved it. And it was so cool. Um, just everything about that. There was not one thing about this match that I did not enjoy. Uh, they were both fantastic. Um, and it almost made me wish I had been watching the whole, whole entire feud. Because they, obviously they showed the promo package before the match with, with Adam pierce or something whatever his name is um, yeah we we can i'll i can catch you up and fill you up on, on well, how I, adam pierce got in, I, involved I, into this i i saw they showed in all the the pat the, all the packages and everything with like the contract and the gauntlet match and stuff like that but yeah um i, I just thought it was interesting i um i mean i don't know i don't love when they do stuff like that but it is what it is yeah It'll be interesting to see how Shinsuke goes because they they look the gauntlet match was clearly to reintroduce Shinsuke as a player to us. And yet here he is. He doesn't do a heck of a lot in the Rumble. So hopefully he's the next man up to go after Reigns. Dan, you have what are your thoughts on that Universal Championship last man standing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, as a longtime fan in general, I'm not hard to like pop. I'm not hard to entertain. You know, again, Nick, you mentioned the forklift spot with the swanton. Like, give me that in my veins all day. And he did a really good swanton as well. Uh, 
And yeah, the spot, the, the balcony spot, throwing a KO off there. I, I, again, you give me that kind of action, I, I will eat it up. Uh, Reigns throwing a KO through the LED boards, like all of that. Like, it's not hard. You just throw a few, uh, a few of those in there. You know, obviously the, the shoddy finish is one thing, but I can get past that because um, ultimately everything prior was, I don't know, it was better than I expected. And I, I, I like Roman Reigns. I'm not like the biggest, you know, like fan. Like Ryan, you mentioned his work recently has been really good. Like, I feel like people have been changing their tune on him a bit, um, but it's good to see KO in a spot like that because, you know, I feel like, one of the last times I, I had been tuning in um, periodically, it seemed like he really, it just seemed like he was out of the picture for a bit. Um, so it's good to see him in those kinds of matches. And, you know, I think he obviously proved a point in terms of like why he belongs in that kind of spot. So I, I like that. I like Reigns also being involved in a, like a, what seems like a universally well-liked match. Um, so yeah, just, Overall, good. I thought that was probably the best the, the best match overall of the night, uh, despite the finish. Yeah, and you didn't even mention the golf cart spot. Oh, that the golf cart. That, Roman that was Reigns right. Ran over, not literally, but drilled Kevin Owens. Cease with, and desist with a golf cart, which uh, isn't the first time we've seen that. We've seen that in AEW uh, back in, I believe it was May. Some sometime around may and yeah we've seen it before too kane did it at wrestlemania one year during a hardcore match uh triple threat with like big show and raven i believe it was back in like 2001 so yeah. these golf carts it's not the first time and it won't be the last time we're seeing it a little bit more often now um to go back to reigns the reason I say it's the best work he's doing is because he finally has a character that he can be invested in before then it was, Oh, he's just a member of the shield. And Oh, he's that guy from the shield. And Oh, we're trying to make him into the next John Cena and the fans weren't having it. And, and now he's got a character that he can sink his teeth into. And yes, he had to turn heel to do it, but nevertheless, now he has a character that he is fully invested in fully just pedaled to the metal foot on the gas here uh and he is running with it i just think it just his his promos have been spot on and the matches have just the perfect touches to them whether they were jay uso or kevin owens whoever they've been fantastic give me all of heel roman reigns just give it all to me i am i am here for it so uh, do we have any final thoughts on the 2021 edition of the Royal Rumble pay-per-view before we move on? Um, yeah, uh, just a couple quick hitters. Yeah. Um, uh, that women's tag team title match that went on the, the, the kickoff show, that was a, that was a decent match. I mean, um, I didn't think there was actually anything special to it, um, but I think they did a good job out there. Like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm more what you were going to say something. They they set the, the the pieces in place for where they're going with Charlotte and Oscar. Yeah, that's what I was actually just gonna say. I'm glad that they broke up Charlotte and Oscar because those two need to be in singles competition. Whereas like Nye and Shayna, who also probably should be in singles competition if we're being honest. Yep. Um, I I don't I, you know, they have people like Dana Brooke, who just get 
demol- like demolished every time they come out into the ring. Why can't you give these girls who don't get a lot of like airtime, um, like give them not necessarily the title belts, but give them like to be in a tag team together and let them go out and have some matches. Like, I don't even care if you don't put it on like the main shows each week, if you put it on like this, you know, whatever superstars main event, whatever it is, but like, let them do that stuff and like get some, like, I don't know, some like push and get some like fan exposure. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. They've, they've, in my opinion, they've horribly mismanaged the booking of the women's tag team titles. It seems that they can never let established tag teams uh, continually be in the title picture. It always has to come back to throwing it on two single superstars that they throw together. That's what to it started with. That Exactly. But at least Bailey and Sasha, you had them as best friends. So you could at least – you could at least – go with okay they're best friends at the time you can run with them as a team but yes they are in of themselves two main event singles players so yes it just seems like they cannot let any established teams get into the title picture and stay with into the title picture and that's very frustrating especially with the death of talent that you have in nxt with their women's division the fact that they haven't been using utilizing the women's tag titles down there more is very frustrating and disappointing. Mm-hmm, I agree. Um, the only other thing I was going to mention was um, Carmella in the SmackDown women's match against Sasha Banks. Um, I don't know who this Reginald dude is. Um, I'm, I kind of, I kind of like their, uh, from what little I saw, I kind of like their stick together. Um, but Carmella really impressed me. Uh, with her in-ring work, um, that's kind of my thing. I'm a big stickler. I'm a big in-ring, you know, person over, you know, storylines and gimmicks and stuff. That's why I went to AEW anyways. Um, but I was really impressed with Carmella in the ring. I think she's taken a, a big step forward from when, you know, the last time she was competing for the title, like when she cashed in on Charlotte and that little title reign she had, um, she was still kind of miserable in the ring. And she's not perfect yet, and she's never going to be. I don't think she's ever going to reach the likes of Sasha. But I think she took a big step in that match because um, I, I was worried it was going to be a really short match. And it went on longer than I expected, and it went on pretty smoothly. Um, so, I mean, listen, Carmella has a lot of untapped potential, I feel like. If she can just kind of work herself and keep getting better in the ring, um, her submission move, I forget what it's called. They said it in the match, and I can't remember it but it's really good. I actually really like it. I think it's a really cool maneuver. Um, if she could just continue to take steps forward in the ring. Code of silence, I believe is what it's, what it's called. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty cool name. I don't, I don't mind that at all. Um, if they, if she could keep, just keep getting better uh, in the ring, cause she's already fantastic on the mic. Um, she could be a real powerhouse, especially as a heel champion um, and almost do it a lot better than she did, you know, a few years ago on SmackDown with, uh, again, Charlotte. Dan, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I mean, kind of echoing the same type of stuff from Nick. It feels like she's kind of come a long way. And again, like, you know, I expected Sasha to win that match anyways, but it's, uh, you know, I like seeing, starting to see, you know, obviously no Becky Lynch and all that. and But it's good to see, like, the likes of Carmella um, in a championship match at Royal Rumble um, in this current state where they're at with everything right now. So I... I enjoy that. I haven't always thought she was a great like 
technical in-ring worker, but I was proven wrong uh, by that match for sure. And again, like, you know, she'll probably have her run at some point, but it's good to see like the seeds of that sort of starting to be planted um, at Rumble. So, but Sasha with the submission win, you know, kind of expected that, but overall it was a good match. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. We didn't get a title change on the main card. Of course they, they did the title change on the kickoff show, Yeah, but it, but it is what it is. You, you knew they weren't there. They weren't going to take the title off Roman. They weren't going to take the title off Sasha. There was a chance they, they might get greedy, give Goldberg another quick title run. Cause they've already done it twice in, in the past couple of years. Um, so that was really the only kind of possible possible title change on the main card. Um, but it is what it is. They were still good matches for the most part, except for that dumpster fire of an opener. Um, hopefully they can quit giving part-timers like Goldberg, who can't go anymore. Clearly Trash. can't go. Um, get them out of title pictures and give people that have actually been in the company week in and week out some title opportunities okay. and some big spots. Yes, two things. Where is Ricochet in the main title picture? They have uh, destroyed this man's career. Yeah, he's he should nah, leave. He should leave the company. He's no, he's doomed, man. He got his shot at Lesnar last February, a year ago. That was barely a shot. Well, when you get booked against Lesnar in the WWE, that's just that's that is not a, a, a that is not a promotion. If anything, that's a demotion. What? Whoa, hold on. No, all right. No, no, we're, here, we're, no, we're gonna debate this. Dan, where do you stand on this before we get Wait, demotion in terms of going up against Brock Lesnar? Yeah, is is it is it like a, a a sign that the company is giving their seal of approval to you that Lesnar has chosen to go pick you to fight against the title for the yeah. title, or is it like oh you're just getting buried? No, I mean like look if if Ricochet didn't have the talent that he obviously does have in the high ceiling that he obviously has just from watching him and watching him back in NXT as well. Like the dude's a freak. What he can do in the ring is absolutely absurd. So no, I don't think that'd be like a, I, I don't think that was a, you know, burying spot. Like it, obviously anybody, if you're going to put anybody up to work with Brock, that's a lot of trust that you have to have in that regardless of how short or long the match is. I agree with that. Nick, go ahead. Okay. So my, my thing with it is, specifically because it's with somebody like Ricochet, who's a young guy or younger guy uh, or any more of a rookie in a sense in the WWE, at least um, that did not feel like a promotion to me, like specifically, maybe not every single person that gets the chance to fight Lesnar uh, is in that same boat. Like I didn't feel like when, like when Daniel Bryan uh, fought, um Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series I understand it kind of had to be Chamber of Champion but it could have been AJ Styles I think in that situation either and I think Styles has fought Lesnar before too um at a pay-per-view I don't think it's every person it just specifically and I think it's some of it is in hindsight seeing how they treated him now but also at the same time they weren't really booking him all that well heavily before the match and it just kind of felt like to me that they were booking this match to start the decline because before they were giving him like the u.s title picture stuff 
And then they started, you know, pushing him more to the main card and he got the match against Lesnar, but it just kind of felt like they were ready to not use him as much. And so they, you know, it's almost like they gave him a big like send off and then, Hey, now you're going to go do absolutely nothing after this. Like, I mean, he legit, whether they intended to or not, they buried him with that match. So that's why I just felt like that one in particular, maybe I, I shouldn't have said that every match where you go up against Lesnar because yeah. I mean, we've definitely seen guys before with big status and big reputation in the company go up against Lesnar. And it's not necessarily a demotion to them, but I just felt like this one in particular felt like a demotion more, more so than a, let's see what you can do in a big match kid. All right. Fair enough. I, I can, I can acquiesce to that. Um, but let's, let's move on. Uh, I want to get, each of our favorite rumble matches ever. And seeing as how the rumble has now come and gone, there's no better time than now while we're still within the time frame of the rumble. So I'll start. So my favorite rumble, and you guys are going to be unshocked. Definitely not surprised by this is the 2010 Royal Rumble, which, you know, shocker, Edge also won. But hear me out. CM Punk, my favorite wrestler of all time, comes in at number three. And after each person, after he eliminates each person, he goes into this sermon about straight edge society, some of the best work he had done at the time. Like, you all, you are all addicted to drugs. Like, you guys need to bow to me. I can save you, blah, blah, blah. And he's doing this after every single person. He's just, he's the only person in the ring from like basically three to eight. And he's just tossing people out one by one and just going on diatrades. You have Beth Phoenix entering the Royal Rumble, becoming like the third or fourth woman ever at the time to be in a Royal Rumble match. She eliminates the great Kali, seven foot two, nearly 400 pounds. Like, that's absurd. Then you have HBK, Shawn Michaels. He is trying to fit, get another match at WrestleMania with The Undertaker after coming so so close to breaking The Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. He knows he has to win the Rumble to do it because Undertaker retained his world title earlier in the night. So he has to win the Rumble to get that shot. And then you have an unreal final five just a who's who of pro wrestling. Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Batista, John Cena, and at the time, a returning edge from injury. He would have been out for eight months before he showed up at number 29 in that match. The, 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 the finish was, was fantastic. HBK gets dumped out as the, the uh, fourth, third or fourth to last person, and he loses it. He, he has a mental breakdown. He starts super kicking referees and just absolutely goes beside himself that he, when he realizes he no longer has the chance to face Taker at Mania. And then you have Batista, Cena, Edge in the final three. And right after Cena eliminates Batista, Edge gets Cena right back and forth. Batista just stares a hole through Cena after he gets eliminated. And you can just see the seats planning for those two having a match down the line. And then obviously Edge winning it all, coming back from a torn Achilles. 
that's that's the story that match just spoke volumes to me and it wasn't loaded with a ton of surprises at the time but it, it also didn't have very many mid carters uh for what you had you had a ton of main event players in this match you had guys that were on the come up young cody rhodes is in the match and he's gone on to do great things outside of wwe and just to see the amount of talent that was in that royal rumble that's my that's my easy pick for my favorite royal rumble ever mine mine's pretty easy too and i based it just mainly off like the rumble itself and kind of like what ensued following and it for me it was a no-brainer because I was like 13 for this rumble and I watched it live, obviously. And it had one of the best moments for me. It was the 2008 Royal rumble. Mm. And back then I was a John Cena stand because he felt like, <laughs> yes, I was a little kid for like the stone cold and the rock stuff. I still remember it a little bit, you know, like dating back to when I watched it. But for me, like, you know, being that age, like Cena was like my like rock in a way, like, you know, getting a little bit older, like, oh, this is the next big thing. So he wins that rumble, but months prior in October, he tore his pectoral muscle and no one thought he was going to be back anytime soon. Maybe for mania. If that just three months later, this man makes a surprise entry into the Royal rumble uh, with Batista and triple H being, I believe they were like both the main favorites in that one you know, that's kind of like the way it was leading and Cena coming back in that rumble was just amazing. It was at the Madison square garden as well. The Mecca of the WWE and it couldn't have been a better stage for all of that to ensue. One of the biggest pops you'll ever see, especially post rock and stone cold. And, you know, you also had a nice little cameo from uh, Roddy Piper who, you know, obviously WWE legend. And I believe that was one of the last, probably though I think the last time you saw him because uh, he was like really sick before that as well but yeah it's it's got to be the 2008 mania uh, John Cena making his return and that was just sort of like the the prime of my wrestling experience was around that age in terms of investment and all of it you know kind of like the fan of the true you know like in my wrestling PJs type of thing like this is huge. This is amazing. And that was it for me. Oh, wait, Rumble. Okay. Uh, I have a hard time with, um, with the Rumbles because um, there, I, I feel like all of them are generally speaking, like really good. You know, I, I don't, I can't really, and maybe it's just my poor memory, but I can't really think of too many that I like heavily disliked compared to others or any sense like that um i have to say though and i wish we had gone to this when the rumble came to boston in 2011 it was the one year they did the 40 man royal rumble mm -hmm. and i think that was probably the most excited i've ever been for a rumble and i wish we had gone because then i would have been even more excited <laughs> um <clears throat> but um just the idea of a longer Royal Rumble match, because every time I watch them, I never want them to end. I just want more surprise entries to keep constantly coming out. And especially back in like 2011, what, it was 10 years ago, so, you know, 12 years old. So, I, I mean, of course, I, you know, I wanted, never wanted it to end. Um, 
that that match in of itself um i don't remember too much but i remember the ending alberto del rio won this one and i'm pretty sure they teased us with santino because he had been he snuck under the ring i think for the like the whole entirety of the match or like the end of the match and once alberto eliminated like everybody else or whoever was at the end with him uh santino came crawling out like the bell didn't ring and santino came uh crawling out under the ring and he flew into the ring and uh he took out um he took out the cobra and um he was gonna I, he was gonna go hit him with it and i, I guess i think del Rio countered or he I, I don't i forget exactly how it went down but he lost but they teased us with it uh and i so i really enjoyed that match but i think low-key and this might be a bit of a hot take but it took me re-watching it to really understand how awesome of a royal rumble it was but not this year not this year's rumble last year's rumble is really high up on my list because i agree because of how much i hate brock lesnar <laughs> and how much i hate the old farts in wwe uh when i was first watching the match the first half of the match it was probably the most miserable i've ever been watching a royal rumble because it's just lesnar standing there mocking and smiling and dancing eliminating 13 people in a row it was not fun at all everybody kept coming in getting a little bit of their licks on brock and then he just throw them over like it was nothing uh and like kofi got in there and that was like oh kofi's gonna do it kofi. and then kofi didn't do it um and then shelter benjamin came and it was like oh yeah wrestling buddies now brock's got a friend well no he's gone too um but when Drew McIntyre came in and Ricochet hit Lesnar in the nuts and McIntyre claymored him over, that was probably one of the loudest pops that I have heard uh, in a long, long time. I don't think there was a single soul in that arena uh, that was upset uh, at what just happened. And I think that's when everybody knew. They're like, oh, my God, we are finally going to get Brock Lesnar uh, to get the title stripped off him by Drew McIntyre. Like when you saw McIntyre just staring a hole through him, um, the, for, as, like as soon as he eliminated him and then eliminated Ricochet, he was staring at Lesnar the whole time he sat out on the outside of the ring and the fans are yelling and screaming and chanting at Lesnar. Uh, I loved that so much. Um, so for me, that's pretty high up. I know John Cena, I was, I, I've always been a big John Cena fan. Those like the Royal Rumble match that DS just talked about. Um, those are fantastic. And again, he won in 2013 again. Uh, that was when they were doing like the stuff with the, with the rock and whatnot. Um, but I think that one is my favorite, but I have a couple moments that I actually, um, uh, I really, uh, hold close to the heart. Yeah, um, go ahead. Especially AJ Styles debuting. Oh, um, you fucker. You took mine. That is, I'm sorry. I have to, I, I'm going to be the one <laughs> to talk about AJ Styles motherfucking debut. I I don't think I've marked out so hard. I don't think I've been so pumped to see uh, an outsider from WWE make their debut in WWE. And not only just do make their debut, but do it so in the Royal Rumble. And the way they did it was great. To have you, – you have Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns is defending his WWE World Heavyweight Championship – in the Royal Rumble in 2016. He gets stuck at number one. Number two is Rusev. Reigns throws him out. Reigns is sitting there waiting for number three. And this music hits that nobody has ever heard before. And the camera zooms in on Roman Reigns' face. And it's Reigns is just puzzled. And he's like, 
what the fuck? Who, who is this? And you hear the crowd. It goes, the crowd goes silent, goes mute, because they don't know, because the Titantron is, is basically blank. And then the words pop up, I am phenomenal. And the crowd goes ballistic, absolutely pops like I've never heard before, at least in that situation. And to see the, the, the camera then pan over to Styles walking out, oh, oh, God, that, that was absolutely amazing. He only went, I be, survived, I, be, I think, 20 minutes in that match. But as soon as he got eliminated by Kevin Owens, the crowd was chanting his name for another five minutes straight. And that's yep. when you knew AJ Styles had arrived and he was there to make an impact. Honestly, I think AJ Styles is one of the most successful outsiders that WWE's probably ever had. Because every time they sign these guys, like I think of like Robert Roode, who was a TNA legend, and Austin Aries, TNA legend, uh, who came in and they really have done next to nothing. I mean, Roode's tag team champion right now, but the way they book their tag teams in the division, it just it, it makes that a little less uh, valuable. And you know, Aries, that was a mess with the whole cruiserweight stuff. But, like, AJ Styles came in and, like, they, they booked him in the main events. He was getting matches against freaking John Cena at big pay-per-view, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. And they were – those are some of my favorite matches uh, of the, AJ Styles. The, the Royal Rumble one. Oh, So good. They're both so, so good. good, in my opinion. But, um, but yeah, the other moment that I have was when uh, – this is a little more funny. Uh, one, probably one of my, like, craziest pop moments and, – and, from a funny perspective, not from like a, you know, like a surprise perspective, uh, was when Nia Jax got RKO'd and took <laughs> beaten off to death by Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio. She got RKO'd in 619 and then she still wouldn't fucking go out of the ring. So Mysterio just baseball, like, kicked her off, uh, off the apron. Uh, what's a, oh what's a baseball kick? Oh, okay. it, so okay, so you know when they do the baseball slide, yes. But like it was, it, it was like a drop kick, but it was like a slide drop kick. So I, yeah. I, I kind of yeah. just combined the two. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, but that that was one of my my favorite moments. Uh, honestly, um, I I saw that the other day. I was watching some moments, and I was like, oh my lord. Dan, do you have a uh, favorite Royal Rumble moment you'd like to share? I mean, I already shared my favorite moment, and that was that was Cena making that comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I'd have to go back a little further. I believe it was Oh three. I believe it was Oh three when the rock won and it really felt, it was really when the rock 2000, 2000, I'm sorry, 2000. And it was, I believe stone cold was injured for that one. And the rock, it was really like him arriving on the scene, um, you know, except, you know, sort of like AJ, except him winning it. Obviously, he had, you know, The Rock had been wrestling prior, but I just mean, like, in terms of the superstar and the character, it was really, like, the, you know, like, launch pad. Like, he is the, he's the top guy now. Like, this is the top guy. It's The Rock. And I just remember that one vividly because of how he won, too. I, I faintly, I, I don't know. I, I forget the finish exactly, but I remember watching it as a little kid and going back afterwards being like that was insane i you know just being sort of thrown off guard and expecting one thing having it come the uh come back the other way there's something as a wrestling fan you always want so 
you know, when you've got those moments, you always kind of, you know, those are your favorite moments. And although I, I haven't watched that one in a kind of a few years now, but it is one of my favorite ones as well, because The Rock, other than Undertaker, Jeff Hardy, is right up there in my top five. Yeah. And the reason young DS marked out so hard for that moment is because The Rock eliminated the big show at the end. That's that It was match. the big show. Yeah. And and those two were the heavy favorites to win that match. Everyone knew it. And it came down to those two. And it was just, are they going to give Rock his Rumble win? Or is Big Show going to get his? And you, you weren't sure. And, I also like Big Show. Yeah. And so Big Show ran through the field. The Rock was surviving. And for The Rock to persevere and get his Rumble moment, that was huge. Uh, he went on to, I forget if he won the title at WrestleMania that year. It was WrestleMania 2000. Um, but uh, nonetheless, he if, if he hadn't arrived before then, like you said, that Rumble match absolutely cemented him as that. Uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think he won – he won the title in Mania, I think it was WrestleMania 18 over Stone Cold. I think that was 2003. But I'm not even going to do the math right now. Anyways, no. yeah. But it's <laughs> no, just... I, yeah, I think he... he no, I see. He, he, he defended the title against Stone Cold at 17. That was the Stone Cold heel turn at Mania to join to McMahon. That was the main event of 17. Then he faced... Uh, or then he faced him at 19 at Safeco. Uh, they never, he never beat the, the rock. Uh, he, the rock never beat stone cold for the title at mania, but, but I digress. That's, that's, that's me getting nitpicky. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. I was, I was thinking there. of stone cold's last match and I thought it was at mania. So I was just, I don't know. I was trying yeah, to it, do it, it was, it was at 19 against the rock. He put yeah. the rock over cause he had won the first two mania matches against the rock. So they had the yeah, team. and then the Rock won the third one. And the yeah. Rock won the third one. Yeah, that's all right. So we're gonna have ourselves a little snake draft here to in honor of the Royal Rumble. So we are each gonna pick four superstars that we want to see if we're booking a Royal Rumble match. We get to pick the four superstars that we want in the Royal Rumble to in, be in that final four. Who are you taking? But we're going to do it snake style. So you better take who you want as soon as you can. Uh, so I have the draft order and it is Nick, myself, and DS. About time I get a first round uh, number one pick. In one of these. So Nick, you're on the clock. You get to have anyone past or present to be in the end, the final four of Royal Rumble. Who do you want? Uh, I, I, this feels like a no-brainer to me, and you might think I'm uh, a little crazy for this. Uh, Andre the Giant. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and, and make that my first pick. I, I don't even know if I need to explain wow. this. I want Andre the Giant, man. Good luck getting him out. Yeah, and we'll assume whoever we pick, it's in their prime. So you get Andre the Giant in your prime. Good luck with other only three other men left to try and, and throw men or women to try and throw that dude out. Good luck. I, I can't fault you for taking him there. Um, but I'm going to let my uh, emotions get the better of me here. And I'm going to go with my sentimental and uh, 
I, I got to go Edge. Now that he's a two-time Royal Rumble winner, he's done it from number 30, 29 spot. He's done it from the number one spot. He, he gets it done when it matters most, when he needs to put himself back on the map. Edge, Edge gets it done when you need him the most. So I, I'm taking Edge to be in my final four. So I'm also going to let my emotions get the better of me, Ryan. And I have to go with the dead man, the American badass, the Undertaker. Ooh, the American badass version of Taker. There you go. Yeah. All right, but you got two picks. So who's who's joining Taker in your final four? So, you know, I thought about going, like, really deep, but I, tr- I wanted to try to stay within the same era-ish, the, like the same ballpark, so it wasn't too, you know, apples to oranges. Nothing uh, stopping so- you, brother. No, I know. I know. But I, I'm going with like my like really what I would really like to see personally. So Undertaker's my number one. And then my number two would be Triple H, obviously in his prime. Yeah. I mean, you got a guy that's won the Rumble twice, been in the final two twice. I mean, he's won a WWE championship in a Royal Rumble match. What more do you have to say about that? Yeah, only two people who can say they've won the WWE Championship in the Royal Rumble. That's Triple H and Ric Flair. Woo! uh, I I, I like that pick, but I also have to go sentimental here again and make sure that I do not get cucked. So I am taking my boy CM Punk. I know he has basically no credentials to be here in this spot. The only thing that you can say is that that I believe he's in the top 10 for most time spent in the Royal Rumble match. But that's about it. He's never won one. He's never been at the end. But, man, if he were in the final four of a Royal Rumble and he had the chance to win one, ah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm picking CM Punk. Hmm. Uh, now I'm back on the clock, and I'm just, you know, I'm looking at all my options here. Um, I think, uh, I think this is a situation where I'm going to go with the present a little bit. I'm going to go with Ricochet. I'm I'm a big Ricochet fan. Um, and I like his performances in the Royal Rumbles that he's been so far. I mean, he's basically the next Kofi Kingston. Um, every year, like I said earlier, Kofi finds a way to keep himself uh, in the match somehow, but outside of the ring. Um, so I really like Ricochet in the spot. Very athletic, quick moving. Got to stay on your feet in these Royal Rumble matches anyway. Really entertaining to watch. Uh, and I have another pick. I forgot we were doing Snake. Um, you do. So I am. I am gonna. I'm gonna go with Big Daddy V. Viscerous. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! Your final four is shit being up to be just a, a hoss fight. Just yep. and that is, that is honestly where I was gonna where I was going with this. I just wanted an absolute hoss fight, and I was just gonna put one of Kofi Ricochet or John Morrison in there. I'd love to see uh, one of those guys figure out how to win that match. You know, I would. I'm not going to lie. I thought about doing that too, and just taking four absolute mega powers, just ginormous people, and throwing them in there and seeing what what could happen but 
ah, I just, I can't do that. I got to have my, my sentimental favorites. And I also have to have the best Royal Rumble performer of all time because he gets the job done the most. And that is the legend himself, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the only man to win the Royal Rumble three times. Now, it's funny that I pick him because Stone Cold recently said in an interview, he actually hated competing in the Royal Rumbles because there was so much going on in those matches to keep track of. Uh, One year, he accidentally got eliminated well before he was supposed to. And he had to kind of signal to Shawn Michaels, uh, I believe it was like the 96 Rumble, like, hey, like, I'm I'm out. Like, I'm fucked. Like, you guys got to figure something out. And Shawn's eyes like lit up like, oh, shit, what are we doing? What What do I do? But, I mean, the man won back-to-back Royal Rumbles in 97, 98. He was in the final two in 99. And then he won again in 01. That's in the final two. Four years out of five. And the one year that he wasn't, he was hurt, I believe, like Dan said. And to win it three out of the four years he was there, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, that's, that's got to be the best Royal Rumble performer, at, at least in that stretch of five years in history. Yeah. So I'm going Stone Cold Steve Austin with my third pick. It's a good pick, Brian. Definitely a good pick. So I got Undertaker and I got Triple H. And, you know, I just personally love, you know, their storytelling that they've done in the past overall. So I'm going to go with another guy in this little universe I'm building and Shawn Michaels. The heartbreak kid. Mm. Oh, man. DX and Undertaker. Oh. But who's joining them? Oh, yeah. Uh, So at my four spot, the easy pick in my mind, because no one has taken him, would be The Rock. But, um, you know, I'm staying in that same little universe, and I'm going with Undertaker's uh, brother of destruction, Kane. Got Kane Taker, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H for my final four, baby. I would love nothing more than that final four all in their prime. Oh. Brothers of Destruction and DX in the final four. You got Kane, who's got the, the record for most appearances, the record for most el- total eliminations ever. Uh, he at one point had the record for most eliminations in one rumble. I mean, that's a great pick, Dan. Yeah. Now... I'm, I've got plenty of options still, too. I could go Hulk Hogan. I could go John Cena. I could even go Charlotte Flair if I really wanted to get spicy. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between three people here for my last spot. I'm choosing between Randy Orton... AJ Styles and one other person. And I think when push comes to shove, I've got to go with Roman Reigns. This man has already won one Royal Rumble. Granted, the crowd hated it. They did not like it, did not approve, even though they had The Rock trying to give his seal of approval. But Roman Reigns already has four runner-up finishes in the Royal Rumble to go with his win. And he's 
has the record for most elimination, or he had at one point the record for most eliminations in a single Royal Rumble match. When Roman Reigns is in the Royal Rumble, you know he's making it to the end. And that's a guy that I want to see in the end. And especially now that he's got the character that he has, if you give me this version of Roman Reigns, not the one that won the Rumble, not the one that's been runner-up four times, the one right now that's universal champion, if you throw him into a Royal Rumble match with guys like Edge, CM Punk, Stone Cold Steve Austin, that's fireworks, baby. That's fireworks. Give me Roman Reigns to round out my final four. Okay, well, so here here we are. You guys know my strategy. You know where I'm going with this. So uh, now it's just a matter of which big man am I gonna which big man am I gonna put in? Yeah, you know? I really hope that you take one person. I know you won't, but I hope you take them. Okay, well, listen. I thought about all of the biggest names. No pun intended. The biggest big names, right? We're talking about Braun Strowman. No, not him. Uh, what about what about the big show? Eh, his show on Netflix sucked. Um, what about wow. sexual chocolate Mark Henry, world's strongest man? Yes! <laughs> thought yes! about it, thought about it, but nah, we're not going with Mark Henry. And I even what? <laughs> I even I even went as far as to search outside <laughs> the company. I went to even I even looked at TNA legend Matt Morgan, the machine. The blueprint. The blueprint. I got to mix up with Brian Cage, who is also another big man. Okay. But no, uh, I'm not going with any of those guys. Uh, I'm going with God bless his soul. RIP. The one and only. Ooh, freaking MAGA, baby. Ooh, Ooh. MAGA. Late to early. Rip. Yeah, rip. Rip in peace, Umaga. Uh, He was awesome in the ring uh, when he was there. And I never got to see him because it was before my time. But, um, Hunter the Giant, Umaga. He was in that 08 Rumble. <laughs> yeah, Ricochet and Big Daddy V. What? Good, what? good luck, Ricochet, man. Good luck, but I'd love to see it. I I actually like the Umaga pick. Um, not because, not just because he fits the mold of what you were going for, but he actually had one of the best last man standing matches of all time in the Royal Rumble, I believe it was 2009. Maybe it was 2007. I'm not sure. But he went had a last man standing match with John Cena for the WWE Championship. And it was fantastic. Now, there was a lot of blood spilt in that match. So if you're not, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. But <laughs> man, that match was really good. I was hoping, and I knew you wouldn't do it because you hate the man. But I was really hoping you would throw Brock Lesnar in there with the likes of Andre the Giant, Big Daddy V, and Ricochet, and see if Brock Lesnar can emerge from that. Nah, if, if I'm gonna if, if I'm gonna put Brock Lesnar in a match, I'm gonna book him in an Inferno match with Kane, Bray Wyatt, and the <laughs> Fiend. I'll get a stunt double to play one of them. Uh, it, who else can? Maybe the Boogeyman, just the the most awful, brutal people ever, and just have them literally commit murder in the ring. Good lord. <laughs> nice that's not a that's not a bad bad group for your your little hoss and one uh final four nick um Thanks. some some names that i will 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 call honorable mentions um we did mention randy orton aj styles john cena hulk hogan 
Lesnar. Uh, we didn't mention Chris Jericho, probably because he's never won a Rumble, but he's actually has the most time spent in the Royal Rumble of all time. No one has, has passed him yet. So interesting that nobody decided to take him uh, as their final four. Um, but I like, our, I like our final fours. They're each unique. Dan kind of went to his roots with his nostalgia to kind of went back to the Attitude Era a little bit. Nick had his Haas fight and won. And I kind of had a hogposh of the past, the present, and potentially the future, if you think Roman Reigns is the man for the foreseeable future. Oh, I should have put Hornswoggle in the match. It just came to my brain. Oh, that would have been for the memes. You should have done that instead of Ricochet. Yep. That's, you hate to see it. And uh, El Torito. Oh, the little bull. <laughs> yep. All right. But uh, as we hit the finish here, uh, just want to hit, make some quick hits on the scene for pro wrestling. Uh, I want to start with the WWE Network. It's being absorbed into Peacock in about six weeks, Whoa. March 18th, right before WWE's Fastlane pay-per-view. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts about Peacock absorbing the WWE Network? Dan, so, I'll start with you. Yeah, so I, I'll say this just because I got to run right after this. Um, my my piece on them you know, being absorbed into Peacock TV – I think it's a terrible move. I honestly do. I think that, you know, one, you're mingling with two different audiences, you know, people like who are maybe more of like the middle-aged, like, you know, family type that are going to Peacock TV for their, you know, normal sitcoms or what have you. And then, you know, you're throwing, you know, the WWE into there and then you have the WWE fans who, you know, if they're going to use obviously that subscription, I doubt many of them, you know, are going to be thrilled having, you know, Peacock shows like in the middle of all that other stuff and just having it, you know, under the same umbrella. I don't know if it's just a good money, a good money move financially for the company or if it's just something that was bound to happen, whether it was Peacock TV or, uh, you know, like a, a different streaming service. But I thought the whole point of the WWE Network was to have your own network standalone from everything else. I thought that like when they first did it, Vince got shit for it because it was, oh, what are you doing? You know, like this is going to be a terrible move. You're going to lose so many people. No, it actually ended up being big brain before everybody else started doing the streaming services in terms of, you know, Disney Plus, all this other stuff, Peacock. I don't like it. And will it turn me off? No, I'm going to keep my subscription, of course. But I just I don't want any of the content to get effed with in there because I just I don't know when you start putting more hands in a pot. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. So that's, that's my two cents on that. Gotcha. Uh, you know, I don't hate the take. I understand it. Uh, for me, it is going to be slightly annoying since we'll most likely have to dig around in Peacock just to find the network, but it does. I mean, if you, that's the glass half empty look of it, the glass half full look of it is that it also means now, you're one click away from watching a show like the office. So, you know, if, if you're watching uh, a rumble or a pay-per-view and, and you're like, all right, that's my wrestling for the night, whatever. Uh, let's see. Oh shoot. I got this. I could, I could watch some uh, movies or I, I got these sitcoms and other shows. Maybe I'll give that a try, you know, right at the, at the tip of your finger. 
Um, so I, I, I look at it as, it is, it's not definitely not that big of a deal in terms of, uh, in terms of simplicity, I guess that's probably not the correct word, but yes, it might be annoying at first to get used to, but I think if you look at it from the right, if you take a, a step back and look at the pluses and the minuses, there are more pluses than minuses. Nick? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of similar opinions. Uh, I figure it's probably a financial thing that they're doing here. Oh, absolutely. And, and it just kind of, uh, I'm not surprised given that um, with, you know, no fans and everything, they're probably taking even bigger hits than they were previously just for, you know, bad product. But um yeah, I'm, I guess I'm not too surprised. It's gonna be a little weird, but I don't. I don't I'm not really looking into it too much. Um, I think we'll all get over it, and uh, it'll be just you know nobody will be worrying or caring as much about it. Yep, I I, I tend to agree with that. It was just a money ploy. I think yep. they got close to a billion just to to have <laughs> NBC literally just take the rights into Un- Unreal, which a quick I billy. Mean, yeah, so can't blame Vince for doing that um so it is what it is like you said we'll get over it we'll get used to it um a couple other things tidbits that i do want to hit on before we head out uh wwe is obviously now in um, under the road to wrestlemania that's underway down in nxt you've got the dusty roads tag team classic underway you've got the men's and this year for the first time ever the women's uh, tag team classic. Uh, I was hoping that the women's tag team classic would also be a 16 team field like the men's is, but since they are only do utilizing, uh, NXT talent exclusively for these, um, to, well, I shouldn't say exclusively cause you got the Lucha house party involved and they're technically raw and two Oh five live. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. But for the most part, you've got all NXT superstars competing here. I would have liked to see uh, more teams get involved, have a couple teams from Raw and SmackDown be involved, get more women involved. You have enough women to make it possible. Uh, I would have liked to see the field expand because especially when you've got a couple of teams that are just completely thrown together and you you knew they weren't winning whatsoever. Um, I don't know what... Uh, what you know about the tag team classics uh, so far, Nick? Nothing. From from the men's perspective, it's been pretty good. The matches have been solid. Um, you, you haven't had any crazy developments yet, uh, but you have MSK. Uh, you may know them as Desmond Xavier, and I forget the other guy's name from Impact, but um, you had a, a tag team from impact sign with NXT and debut in the dusty cup. And they are making a run uh, so far. They have yet to be eliminated. They've looked fantastic in the two matches. Oh, hold on. This, this is, this is bugging me. Hold up. So they're the, they were the rascals in impact. Yes. It was, it was Trey Miguel and, uh, but Trey Miguel's still there. So yes. I just saw him. He was on an impact show recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other right. two Desmond Xavier, Trey Miguel. And there was one other guy. I forgot wow. the other guy's name. I will. But, find, um, you, you talk, I'll find it out. Yeah. Um, but those two, uh, and they actually made a reference to the Rascals during MSK's it. debut. Go ahead. It's Zachary Wentz. And I, uh, I ah, heard, yes. Uh, that's I was I was thinking it. I just couldn't put it together. Mm-hmm. But they've looked absolutely fantastic so far in the Dusty Cup. 
I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they went on to the finals and won the thing. I don't think they will win the thing. I have a bad feeling that a team like the grizzled young veterans will finally get theirs after losing in the finals. Um, but it's, it's, it's pretty, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if MSK got it, uh, going here. Uh, Nick, do you have anything you'd like to speak about, uh, AEW? Oh uh, yeah. That's where I've been living these days. Um, uh, I think as far as AEW goes, they're trending in a, a very good direction. Uh, I'm a little confused on what they're doing with Sting because as we've seen for the past like month or so, Sting, it just keeps coming out with Darby Allen and not, not really doing anything or really making his intentions very clear. But uh, now you've got that big match and revolution in March uh, signed between Sting and Darby Allen teaming up against Team Taz with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Um, big fan of Ricky Starks, by the way. Uh, he came over from NWA. He was doing a bunch of stuff there. He was a NWA tag team champion, I think, at one point with uh, – uh geez i forget who it was but um, you're gonna have to look that up too now yeah well yeah that's <laughs> gonna, it's gonna bug me but i, I don't really care as much because nwa is nwa but i'm glad that they're working with aew mm-hmm. um so that match is signed on um i but the big story with aew is everything going on with kenny omega and the young bucks and the good brothers and aew versus impact wrestling because you've got the private party fighting uh the good brothers for the impact uh world titles and number one contenders uh, and then the Good Brothers are all messed up in this whole Bullet Club fiasco. The Young Bucks <laughs> hate Don Callis. Kenny and the Good Brothers, they like Don Callis. And Don Callis likes them, but Don Callis is cl- clearly trying to split up the Young Bucks from Kenny. The Young Bucks assaulted Don Callis in Kenny Omega's house when he, Kenny wasn't even there. Um, and now at Beach Break uh, tomorrow night, uh, yeah, I believe it's tomorrow night, right? Or am it, I is. Sure? it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got... Uh, Kenny teaming up with the Good Brothers to face John Moxley, Pac, and uh, Ray Phoenix. Um, I uh, one one little thought I, I I've been thinking recently. Um, I would really like to see less of the Death Triangle, as they're called, as a, a stable, and more of them just kind of independently. Because literally, like uh, I almost called him Neville, but Pac, Ray Phoenix, and uh, Pentagon could literally all be world champions and I wouldn't bat an eye. Uh, they're fantastic. Um, they have so many players and like, even like a hangman page and we had Jericho as champion. That wasn't a problem. Like John Moxley was a good champion. They have so many guys there that like I, and even if Brian cage was like the world champion, I don't got a problem with that because he's got to manage it with him. It's not like he's got to do any talking and he's a fantastic in the ring that, like I said, they have so many people that can just do such great work. Um, yeah. And I'm really excited to see where they go. Um, and, and sounds like they've, they're probably going to do more stuff between Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston. I wouldn't be surprised if they had another you know payoff match at, at revolution as well. Um, they have the AW women's uh, eliminator tournament going on. You, I think they're doing it like regionally. So like half it is like North American, like, or U- American, like USA talent versus um, I guess foreign talent like i think reho is actually competing again so it's good to see her because she's hasn't Agreed. been around for a while um and also a lot of the women like thunder rosa and serena deeb coming from nwa i really want to see like because since AEW and impact are kind of working together now and they're on good terms which is huge uh i want to see them uh get some of the women from impact uh, the people like taya valkyrie the people like jordan grace uh and diana perrazzo and Tennille Dashwood, like get them in, like to work in AEW's women's division. Um, 
so that we can, uh, you know, see a more bolstered roster because the AEW women's division is a bit, it's a bit slacking. Um, yeah, it definitely needs help with depth for sure. They really yeah. don't have too much established outside of Sheeta and maybe Britt Baker. Um, they're trying so that you definitely agree why they're, you can definitely see why they're trying to bring in talent from other promotions to kind of help out with that. Uh, for me, when it comes to the, the kind of budding reformation of the old, old school bullet club, they're all champions, which is kind of ironic. Mm -hmm. And it, but for me, it doesn't feel like they've capitalized enough or yet on the momentum at all really like it, th i think they're doing a slow burn here which makes sense they're they're obviously more of a long-term it's a long-term play they're not trying to have things just happen overnight um so i, I get it um but i would like to see things start to kind of materialize uh, more so with that angle and uh one thing you said about the roster and having so many credible world champions i 100 percent agree the problem is it's going to take forever for those people to get their, their run with that world title belt, because you've already seen it with the previous runs. It They're going to get their chance to take the ball and run. It's not going to be like a temporary champion, like a one or two month uh, reign. They're going but to get I, the ball to run. They waited a whole last year just to get Kenny the title. So yeah, yeah that definitely, I, I would agree. It definitely shows you what they're willing to do and how long they're willing to wait. Yeah. It's so not I, a problem. I, I, I'm yeah. fine with that. I don't hate it either, but I wouldn't hate every once in a while a quicker title change mixed in every once in a while. Because at some point, if you keep doing these longer title reigns, everyone's going to know the, for the first few title defenses are guaranteed, guaranteed to be successful title defenses one way or another. Oh, sure. And lastly, I just want to touch on New Japan. They've got, they had Wrestle Kingdom about a month ago on. January 4th and 5th. That's obviously in the rear view, rear view mirror. Uh, go, I can't speak. Kota Ibushi emerged from the pay-per-view as the double champion, IWGP heavyweight and IWGP intercontinental champion. His first challenger will be Sonata of the LIJ faction. That's coming up in about a week's time. And Jay White, the leader, current leader of the Bullet Club of the real Bullet Club over in New Japan, he took about three weeks off to, and everyone was wondering whether or not he was going to leave new Japan, go to WWE or NXT, AEW, whatnot. He is back in new Japan and he is, he attacked chaos's Tomohiro Ishii and he is going to be out for vengeance. Uh, but I think we are running out of time here. So we'll wrap that up. Nick, any final thoughts? Um, no, I think we, uh, we, we, we did a good job at covering a lot today. Um, make up, make for lost time. Um, I think, you know, something we can do almost monthly, um, with, with Dan or whoever else, maybe swinging Jared in here, who knows? Um, but no, I, I think, uh, I'm excited to see where all these companies, uh, go forward. Maybe I have to tune back into Vince McMahon and that old man, see what he's got cooking <laughs> up in the, in the, in the pot as we get closer to WrestleMania. So just excited to see what happens. Yep. So I think we'll definitely try and do this on a roughly monthly basis, kind of give you a, a, a monthly wrestling recap in the world of professional and wrestling from the point of view of myself, Nick and Dan. Uh, but for this week, that'll do it. I'm your host, Ryan. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. You think you know me. No